Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hey, how's it going out there? Happy Thursday. <clears throat> it's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I don't think I've talked yet today. So that was, um, oh, let me just clear my throat a little bit. I am a little hoarse today. <clears throat> that always makes you You're laugh. a little hoarse? Uh, what? That is always. That is never not funny to say I'm a little hoarse. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I wish I were a little hoarse. Um, uh, I'm a pony today. That's a new way of saying that you have a sore throat or like your voice sounds husky. Is to say I'm 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 pony. I'm a pony because it's a little horse. I mean, I technically it's probably not. Is a pony a horse? Do you know? You're a horse girl. Uh, I think, yeah, it's like in the equine family. Yeah, but I'm wondering if a, like a, 
Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, like we could look it up, but like honestly, I don't even like care. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Um, is a seahorse a horse? No one knows. Is an eggplant an egg? Last night, that was one of the things that Andrew uh, rapped about, I want to say. on um, we, went on, we went live last night on our Instagram, uh, Nikki Glazer Pod Instagram. I want to shout out to everyone who saw that shit show. Um, I did not know. So I was like busy trying to book tickets back from Canada and figure out how to get back to St. Louis. I don't, it's... It's going to take me like 14, 15 hours to get back to St. Louis um, from Edmonton. Worth it. I'm going there. I'm doing 20 minutes of comedy. I'm, I'm flying. So that's tomorrow night on Friday. I'm flying in Thursday to do 20 minutes of comedy on Friday night and then get back on a plane Saturday and fly back. It's wild. This Like, you know, sometimes I do you, most of the time I do like an hour and 20 um, and even that seems ridiculous to do to work that uh, much or little. But um, anyway, uh, I'm I'm on I'm like last night. Yesterday was the longest day of my life. I never stopped, and I didn't even have a phone with me the whole day. So I don't even know how what my day would. I probably would have had some sort of uh, mental breakdown had my phone been working and texts been coming through consistently. And um, it's really nice to be off the grid for a day. But um, actually, it's stressful. That's a whole other thing. But um, so finally got through on 911. Still on hold. No. Um, I was on my computer. This is like 10 o'clock at night. We tried to watch Mr. Corman, me and Andrew. It was it, finally my day was over. I got a new phone. The last minute, right before the AT&T store closed, get home and I'm like, oh my God, my day is finally over. I feel good. I, I got a lot of emails when I got home. <clears throat> I got a really exciting call that I can't wait to talk about um, from 911. They said, uh, we thank you for calling. You're still on hold. No, uh, I, uh, I'm sitting there. I'm eating. We got some Thai food. I got a double papaya salad. I'm really enjoying it. Um, we put on Mr. Corman, which was uh, suggested to us by several besties. You gotta watch Mr. Corman. No, you don't. I mean, if you have any anxiety, this show, this show is like almost like Requiem for a Dream or what I imagine Requiem for a Dream is like in terms of, I know you've seen it, Noah. I've never seen it. It's always the, the movie on Reddit that everyone talks about. Like, what's the movie that you wish you wouldn't have seen, but you're glad you did kind of thing, like hard to watch. Which, which, by the way, I was watching 30 Rock the other day, and Tracy Morgan gets a job offer for a movie he's trying to EGOT, which is get an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. And he's going for the O in his EGOT, and he's trying to get an Oscar buzzy type movie where he plays like a disabled person or like a, you know, like a war movie. And they're like, Tracy, you gotta do this movie. It's called Hard to Watch. <laughs> And it just describes so much of the uh, stuff out there, which F-Boy Island you would think is H-T-W, but it's not. It's That for me is E-T-Dubs, but H-T-Dubs, there's so many shows that I don't understand why people watch them when we are living in a world of extreme anxiety. I mean, and this is what this show is about. Mr. Corman is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL's... Um, New show that he directed, wrote, produced, 
um, maybe one of those things he should have given to someone else because I was overwhelmed by this uh, production. Everyone's telling me to watch it. I, I got a bestie emphatically telling me that I would love it. And this was probably a DM I got from a bestie who we had had some history. Like sometimes I look and I go, oh, me and this bestie have communicated a lot. I don't remember everyone. Like if you come up to me and say, I'm Spanglebush 32, I'm not going to remember our exact, I, I can't do that there's maybe a couple names that i would remember that i just talk to consistently that are are, are friends fan, friends fans um but generally like i i have to remind myself oh do i have history with this person so this person was someone i like trusted their opinion you gotta watch mr corman i was like got it noted it when it comes up i will remember to watch that andrew last night was like you want to watch mr corman because we tried to watch um the greatest showman and i was like he puts it on he goes you want to watch the greatest showman i was like mm. he's like it's really good. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He goes, let's watch it. I was like, all right, fine. I'm just like eating my papaya salad looking at Air Canada flights. It starts, which I do love that song that's like, this is the greatest show. Because I danced to it uh, at the finale of Dancing with the Stars. Bobby Bones' like finale dance. He invited me back to like dance in it. And it was so much fun because I got to dance with like no pressure of being eliminated. So it was just like fun. And if you watch his finale dance on YouTube, try to find me. I, I dare, Where's Waldo is easier to play than find Nikki Glaser in a, on a show she was a cast member on. Dancing with the Stars forgot about me, by the way. Completely forgot about me um, as soon as they voted me off. You guys know my history with it. Still tied up, like still have a lot of uh, resentments. Was on that show. Loved it, obsessed with it. Got voted off. Oh, everyone's so sad. Nikki's leaving. Tears, tears, tears. First voted off. I didn't even like... As I know I'm on a lot of tangents. I'll get back to everything, I promise you. So my ADD meds are kicking in. Garrett Power... Garrett P from F-Boy Island is, <clears throat> was one of the first voted off on the show, among a couple others. And he read a poem to Nakia on the first episode. Uh... And it was like this like really heartfelt poem. And I remember thinking, this would be good if you're, you know, fourth voted off, fifth, like, and on and on. First voted off, no one cares. No one remembers you. Sorry, Garrett P. It's just true. Actually, on the, our show, they do remember you because we keep you around for at the Nice Guy Grotto or uh, Limbro. But he didn't know that at the time. He's pulling out a poem. And I remember thinking, Garrett, no, you can't. You just got to say goodbye and realize you're first voted off. No one's going to remember you. Because when I was first voted off, I did cry on Dancing with Stars. I cried when I was voted off last comic standing in the second time I did it. Because they asked me about um, calling my parents to tell them I didn't make it. And it made me cry because my parents were so sweet about it. And, um, and I was embarrassed that I cried. But it was real. And then I cried on Dancing with the Stars because it was so embarrassing. You know? And that's why I cried. But I didn't... I remember when I started crying, I was like, Nikki, don't do this. No one, no one's emotional about you leaving. No one's invested in you yet. You're first voted off. Like, just get out of, get out of the way. Like, no one cares. And I will, I swear to you, as soon as I left, it, you were there, Noah, weren't you? No one cared. No, like, the, it was like, I walked out of that room and they forgot that I was on the show. It was like, pack up your knives and go. Were you in the trailer with, I was blacked out in anger, were you yes. in the trailer with me? It was an, yes. I hope you blacked that out too. I, it was not a pretty scene. I was like throwing my 
leotard around and just like half naked you, screaming in front of my pulled dad off your your eyelashes as <laughs> that i'll never forget <laughs> as you were talking or screaming about That's it so funny <laughs> yeah i i ripped off those eyelashes i've never seen anyone just peel eyelashes off like that i know i'm so rough anyway and especially when i'm just like heartbroken and and have to go home and i'm not even packed um <clears throat> but i just knew that being first voted off it like didn't matter and so i i was embarrassed that i was so you know the most embarrassing thing about getting voted off first was that people had to act like they cared i my most uncomfortable thing i think is burdening anyone with caring about my feelings I have a really hard time crying in front of people because I feel like people feel like they have to stop everything and comfort me and that it's, I talked about it with my therapist, like I have a real hard time, like I have to pay people to listen to me cry because I just feel like, even though I like have a podcast where all I do is like talk and people just have to listen, for whatever reason me crying, like I feel like people have to like hug me and touch me and they don't want to and my therapist was like, do you not want to when people cry and I'm like, maybe and it's not because I don't want to sometimes when people start crying I go okay I gotta cancel the rest of my plans today like there's a part of me that goes this is priority everything else has to go away and I get kind of stressed out about that that I have to be I have to stay with this person and take care of them probably stems from my childhood even though no one in my childhood cried maybe that's why but I just I, I I hate when people pity me and it's not deserved, especially when you're verse voted off. So that's just like a whole other issue. Let's get back to Mr. Corman. Don't even know how I got from that to that. But I will say that Mr. Corman um, was disappointing and really stressful. And it's a show about a guy who has anxiety and is dealing with uh, panic disorder. I am so tired of shows where women are presented as batshit, cr normal women, <clears throat> women who, you know, by all accounts, their characters are being presented as like, this is a woman this guy would date. And then the woman turns out to be just so insane and so irrational, naggy, just a bitch. And if you've watched the pilot episode of Mr. Corman, you know who I'm talking about. He like goes to this bar. He's he's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's a teacher, fifth grade teacher, lives in Los Angeles, broke teacher, lives with a roommate, approaching 40, single. Don't really know what this show is about still. I saw a, an episode and a half, maybe two episodes. Yeah, I saw two. And um, it's just about his uh, kind of descent into anxiety. The whole second episode has this bell chiming every, I would say, minute. So as soon as you forget that there's this weird clanging bell, it comes again. And I was honestly, I was like, Andrew, turn this off. I can't, it's, it's causing me so much anxiety. And he goes, well, I think that's what this is about. It's like trying to give you the anxiety that this guy feels. And I was like, okay, I guess in that way, it's a cool piece of art because it's causing you to feel anxious and, and understand what a panic disorder is like and like chronic anxiety is like. Does anyone need to know what that is, by the way? Is anyone confused about what anxiety is? You know, at one point in the show, he opens up his phone and it says, global uh, climate crisis worse than we thought. You know, like there's some headline, which I thought was a lovely moment because that is the headline that always sends me into a panic. It like just 
expedites whatever panic I'm feeling is when I read a climate change news. And there's no good climate change news, by the way. There's never once been an article with, here's a thing about the climate that's it's going well. Wait, what's that noise? Is that nature sounds? Am I going crazy? Wait, there are nature sounds coming from something. Oh, it's my alarm on my phone. <laughs> oh my God. I had to download an alarm clock on my computer because I didn't have a phone yesterday. So I picked nature sounds to wake me up instead of like a like I think what we wake up to, if you're waking up to a really annoying alarm clock sound, and I know you're like, well, I won't wake up any other way. Try something else. Even try the absence of noise. Like I have a white noise machine and sometimes if I get a call, it shuts off and it'll wake me up. Just the, the silence will wake me up. Anyway, it was nature sounds coming out of nowhere, but it was calming. It was almost like, and that's so funny. I was just talking about the climate crisis. And then all of a sudden there was like tree frogs and like a rainforest sound. And it was like bulldozing, you know, the, I always say the rainforest cafe. There was one time I saw it in a mall. It was one of the funniest pictures I've ever taken. It was like a rainforest cafe was uh, completely gutted and like under construction and like there was just like rubble in this place and I was like that is the most authentic rainforest cafe I've ever seen like let's let's make all the rainforest cafes updated to have no trees and just loggers running through uh just uh, decimating species that we haven't even you know studied yet or uh know exist let's destroy them before we know they exist so let me wrap this up Mr. Corman is not my type of show. It is the the female character that is brought in. What was the show I was watching the other day that I was just like, I am so tired of female characters being written by men. And I know that's a thing that gets said a lot of like the male gaze. Uh, there was a, there's a really great video if you watch the male gaze versus the female gaze exploring movies and how a director, writer, producer through the lens of a, like the... Women presented through the male gaze are always either sexual objects or like the worst people ever because they're they like hate their wives or whatever. And so they have to take it out in their scripts and their the way they shoot things. But there's a really interesting video that explores Birds of Prey versus um, Suicide Squad, which is, uh, you know, studying what's her name? Uh, Margot Robbie's character. Um, the one with the pigtails. We all know. Harley Quinn. Yes, Harley Quinn. Um, it's, it's, this girl does a whole, like, uh, so Suicide Squad was done by a man, of course, and then Birds of Prey was directed by a woman, and it shows the difference of, like, the shots, the wardrobe, how she's sexualized in one, and Birds of Prey is, I guess, I haven't seen either of them, but undeniably better than, um, than Suicide Squad, Although some would say Birds of Prey wouldn't even exist if Suicide Squad wasn't decent enough. But it's a really interesting, I always kind of roll my eyes at those things of like the male gaze. Like it's just almost like, God, men are going to hate us because all we do is talk about how they suck. But it's really interesting to see how, I mean, you can't, you can't deny that uh, men perceive women differently than, than women do. And it's just interesting to see it through cinema. But I got to say, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levin, I know he is a an artist and someone who I would probably never say this to his face and deny that I ever said it. But the way that he wrote these character, this female character, and pretty much, actually, he's across the board. Every single character in the show, please watch it. Please everyone watch the pilot episode of this or the first episode and tell me what you think because 
everyone on this show behaves like a character in Curb Your Enthusiasm. And by that, I mean Curb Your Enthusiasm sometimes can be HT dubs just because every character, no one would say that. You know, like Larry David will be crossing the street and someone will go, are you going to pick up that trash, man? And he's like, why did you throw down that trash? And they're like, pick it up. And you're like, no one talks like, no one confronts people as much as ever Larry David gets confronted, you know? But, uh, you know, that's for comedic effect. This show is supposed to be like realism. Tell me one line in that show that anyone would ever say in real life. And I know it's a show, but no one talks like that. And the female character that he hooks up with is one of the worst people I have ever seen. And guess what? I think it's on you. I know Joseph Gordon-Love is supposed to be the victim in that scenario. This girl is so mean to him. Well, why are you attracted to her? Why'd you go home with her? Why would you sign up for this abusive person when really, I think it's this is a way for men to watch TV and further bolster their hatred of women because this girl is presented as like a cool, attractive girl that you would take home from a bar. And then she turns out to be a total asshole. No one would ever talk this way. He can't get an erection. She's a 40-year-old woman going, what, does this happen all the time to you? Is it me? It's like, what? no 40-year-old woman would ever yell at a guy that loses his erection on a first date and make it about them. I, I just don't see that happening anymore. Maybe yours at home screaming at your phone saying yes it would happen but I, I so this is all leads to the fact that me and andrew went live last night we're gonna get to it in a second i want to talk more about mr corman i promise you we won't talk about the bachelorette because it's over uh andrew! are you looking for some amazing tv to stream well sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on hulu you can't miss we're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time absolute must watch shows dive in with barney ted robin and the crew in how i met your mother all nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girlbomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girlbomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, Self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Andrew. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's so early. I'm about to get on the flight to Canada. Hey, I was just talking about Mr. Corman. And I'm listening. And by talking, I mean I was like furiously going off on how I don't know. It's shot really beautifully. I really like the way he directs. It's kind of like shot like 500 Days of Summer, cool angles. Like he's cinematically like has a really good eye, um, even though uh, the, the writing though especially for that female character and pretty much every character we realized sucks on that show. This is a guy, we don't know why we're rooting for this guy. He's an asshole. It's, he's not that there's nothing is Noah just looked it up while we were waiting for you to come in and she's, she read that it's a comedy drama. Do you think it's funny? Did you laugh ever? And cause we throw that around loosely. I guess it's quirky. Not near once. Did I laugh? (laughs) I, I, I do feel like it's setting it up. Like I think it's slow playing it of like. No, we I are think two by episodes the fourth in. Ep- I don't need four episodes before I get a goddamn <laughs> laugh. That is bullshit. That is oh, four oh, hours I'm of not, the show. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's too. That's no. You find a laugh within four minutes, or I'm out. And that is even too long. You do not call yourself a comedy just because you once did a project with Zoe Deschanel. You know what? I, I th- I'm sorry. I also like realized when I was watching it that there was too much. And I, I never really think about editing because I don't really like see things that way. But yeah. when you're watching this show, a lot of it is the other characters in the scene. Like it's not like a point of view shot. So I was noticing what do you mean it's not a point of view shot. I'm just confused. Like there was not like a lot of over the shoulder. Oh, of, so it was just like almost just like one continued shot. It, you know what I mean? It almost felt like it felt like you were on drugs, and I think that's why it was. It was. It felt like an anxiety attack the way it was oh, shot. Well, but I think that was yeah. cool yeah. the way it was shot. But what were you saying? No, about no. It? So like I was noticing like the faces, like so if I was talking and you have to be uh, active listening. Yeah, I was like focusing on the other person's huh. face, and it 
and it was just too much for me where I wasn't getting... Interesting. Does that make sense? I, no, but uh, it's, it's okay that it doesn't because it's really hard to describe what you're trying to describe. But I, I, I think I, I kind of whatever you're like saying, a good actor. Yeah. Even when they're not talking, is like paying attention in a way, or like I don't know. There's and something they about a good actor. Yeah, it just it just didn't feel real. It felt to like me. we were watching a play. That yeah. I told you that while we were watching it, I was like, this feels too actory. The thing is, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is obviously a good actor. But th- I just, I love Don Juan. We were talking about that. He, it was the guy with a porn addiction with Scarlett Johansson. He was great in that. That was written by him, directed. Yeah. I, so I love his work. I did um, The Roast of Rob Lowe. I think he, uh, he emceed that. He was the, um, oh, no, no, no. I feel, I forget. I, to- I just told him, I remember on one roast, he was the uh, host, you know, like the, the what's it, the emcee. And I said, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, you're so adorable. I bet you eat pussy, but only with the crust cut off. Yeah, I that love was that. a joke written by uh, Connor McSpadden. Um, although, actually, I think I wrote it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't write that joke. Fashion egg. Fashion egg. Um, Call back. But I just like that show really infuriated me because of that female character. Who, Which one? The one with the sex when he didn't get hard? I mean, pretty much everyone in, in the show is terrible. Like, yeah. not, not a bad actor, but like just a terrible but person. But aren't people terrible? Yes, but That's not in this way. Only... It was so egregiously bad. <laughs> no, Do you know any woman who would behave that way in her late 30s? There's only one good line that I... Because I wasn't really paying attention. So if JGL, you're listening... I have no right to trash your show like this. I was like half eating. <laughs> like I was in my phone looking up flights on my computer. I was distracted. So like, and there was a, I was already anxious. So this, there was this gong bell going off. But the thing is that I, there was one great line in it. He hooks up with this girl. He meets her at a bar. He's trying to like figure out what do, what do people in their late thirties do? Like his life kind of sucks. His roommates always just want to stay and play video games. He's like, the only alternative is going to a bar. Like, isn't there something in between? So he ends up at a bar by himself. He meets this girl. She's like smoking a cigarette and like, why aren't you drinking? And like, why aren't you smoking? Like, just like kind of giving him shit. She's like a bitch. And then they go home together and they're hooking up on the couch and he can't, he can't, he loses his erection and she immediately gets upset with him, which I don't think happens. happened to me. No, no, no. Has anyone gotten upset with you for No, it? no, no, no. I'm saying that's what she said last Yeah, time. this is... Ne- yeah, That's what never- she said. This has never happened to me. Uh, Does this happen to you a lot? That's what she said to him. There's been women that I haven't been able to get hard or like... Do come. they confront you with it? They don't confront, but they'll, they'll, they will blame themselves. Sure. But they won't confront. But they won't blame themselves in front of you. They'll just quite. You assume they're blaming themselves because they're a little bit quieter and like. No, I've had a girl. Say, What'd she say? I'm trying to remember the exact. And this words, isn't a girlfriend. But, this is a hookup. A one-time hookup. A uh, one-time hookup. If I it wasn't, would never happen. Well, I've been hammered drunk. Right. Okay, but let me just say the one great <laughs> line. So she's like Noah. You'll like this. She's like this. Like kind of. She's like approaching 40. She's probably my age and that's why I loved this line. And she's a total cunt. And I guess this line kind of like really cemented that she's supposed to be a cunt. And he's actually a cunt too because they're both single in their 40s. Why aren't they married? And she's just like, you know, they're they're about to part ways. She's like, you have a fucking limp dick and your breath smells. And he's like, my breath smells because I smoked one of your cigarettes. I would have never gone home with you if like I was having to, like I was gagging kissing you. They were being so mean to each other. And then, 
you think that there's going to be this like detente of like they kind of agree that they're both it's shitty and then they'll make out, you know, like there's this, this moment. And the, and the only problem with having subtitles on or closed caption, which I have all the time because you can never hear anything. I'm like losing my um, hearing probably because uh, I'm so freaking loud even I'm annoyed with my own voice today. It's kind of hoarse because we were singing last night, which I'll get to. But she goes, this joke, the joke was ruined. Sometimes closed captions ruin the joke because so many jokes are because you don't see them coming. That's what a joke is, is a surprise of like, oh, I didn't expect that. That surprises me. Ha ha. And then you laugh because laughing is a response to surprise because surprise is fear because it's off the usual. So this is like evolutionary, and if I'm wrong, please someone correct me that knows better. But I think uh, you know scientists or anthropologists have kind of determined that laughing is a response to surprise. Surprise is fear. If you're scared of something like a saber-toothed tiger back when we were cavemen, baring your teeth would scare the predator away mm. better than not. So like uh, going like this, so, uh, laughter is a way for you to, is a, uh, an involuntary response to surprise so that you bare your teeth and maybe survive because, and you scare the animal that you have canines. Does that make sense? Unless yeah. you're you. Yeah, I'm scared now. Yeah, I mean, you got to show that you're molars <laughs> to someone and the people really get scared. They go, well, is this guy taking care of himself? He's probably got a shower toothbrush. Um, a shower tooth tiger? <laughs> So this girl says, so they're at this moment and he just looks at her and he goes, do you know at what, at what point, and you think they're going to, he's going to say something sweet because they've been yelling and then they kind of have this moment of like calm and they're both looking at each other and it's a close up on her face and she just, it's not even on her face yet. As he's saying, it goes to her face and it's just a, a shot of her where the lighting's bad. She kind of, you can see her skin's a little bit. You can see how old she is, which is a great shot, and she's beautiful. And it's not, I'm not saying that it's bad how old she is, but it just fits with this line. And I, I would give the show an Emmy just for this scene. Do you remember this part? I know what he says. Yeah, what does he say? So he looks at her, and he says, do you know at what point in your life you knew? Like, when you were little, he goes, think back to when you were, he goes, when you were young, when you were a young girl, and he goes, not like a, a, a child, but like a younger woman. Yeah. Do you remember at what point in your life you knew that you were going to die alone? And it was just so, it's so, but I saw it coming because the caption was up. But if I wouldn't have, I think I might have loved this show because it would have really, that, that line was so That was crisp. a good line. And the girl's face, it, while he says it, the girl's face, it's the right kind of bags under her eyes. She kind of has a smoker's pallor. Like they really nailed know the makeup girl. on this girl. I know this girl. I know this girl that keeps partying throughout her thirties, or even, and it could be a guy too. Has a but chip on her shoulder. She's mad because one guy broke her heart and gave her herpes, and now she takes it out on the rest of everyone. And but maybe them. not herpes, but you know what well, I mean. Like a guy, not a big deal, but yeah, a yeah. guy tr has treated her shitty. She was. Very beautiful in college. She probably overpartied in college. She probably got addicted. And now she has a, a, a an addiction to alcohol, and she can't stop partying. And her friends have fallen off. She's and she, smoking cigarettes. She's by herself in a bar. We, she lives alone. She doesn't have roommates. She's just listen. She's I listening am that to girl. Our podcast. Yeah, and you you might be that girl, but you you probably if you're listening to this podcast, you are not a bitch like that. But just that line really. I loved it because I felt it so hard. Because there have been times where I'm like, I've had that realization that like. I am of an age where most women my age are like married. 
at, at, at with with my level of success, my I'm not I'm not bragging, but like I'm a good looking lady. Yeah, I I stay in sh- like I I'm social. I meet a lot of people. Most there's something going on with me that I don't have a partner. It, it, if I if I do want one, and I do want one, so there's something. If someone said that to me, I would feel so seen, and I think that's why I loved it. I want to get to real. I quick, felt though. like that for a very long time. Yeah, until you met. Brenna, we miss you, you so baby. much, baby. Uh, I'm gonna I love see you. you. I'm running to you, baby. Tomorrow, baby. I I love her. Give her give her a hug around that tiny little waist oh, for me. So oh God, why is her so waist perfect. so fucking tiny? Oh, she sent me a photo yesterday. Brenna She's is like, the I type hate of this photo. That like I don't. It's a new hot that has emerged. <laughs> it's a new t- like I don't think girls had bodies like this in the when I was growing up. Like it is a type of body. The tiny waist. The perfect butt. Sorry to sexualize you, Brenna, but like, tell your body like to stop being so hot. But she's just got like a tiny waist. It almost looks. It's the kind of body that like, I I think a lot of girls have like lipos. A lot of skinny women out there have liposuction. I didn't know that. Um, everyone listening, that when you see, I always thought liposuction was for like already kind of bigger women to just make them a little less bigger. No judgment there, but that's what I thought it was. I didn't know skinny women. Like I could get liposuction and look like way like I could kind of turn into an Instagram thought if I sucked out I could suck out my waist put it in my ass. Brenna, oh. Brenna looks like someone who's had that stuff done, but that's like her natural body, and I don't know where it comes. Like it's a new type of hot that has emerged, and I don't know where it came from. When like, she puts athletic clothes on, it's ridiculous. I'm like. Who, why are you like, fucking me? Like, what is going I, I on with the world? I ask myself that every, every morning. <laughs> other minute. Um, no, we love you so much and we miss you, Brenna. We miss you. And I say that like with uh, sarcasm, but I actually do miss you and love you. And I'm so excited for all the good news in your life if you're listening. Um, really quick, we got to get to the news. But right before, I just want to give a shout out to everyone who was on our Instagram live last night. Uh, we had, Noah, we had 200 people. Which for we have like fourteen point I think two thousand followers yeah. on our Instagram, which is insane, and it, it really speaks volumes for how popular our show is. Because I know podcasts and how many followers they have when they don't have a private account. We have a private account, so people have to request access and like want it, right? And that means we have pressed accept fourteen thousand times, <laughs> which is kind of crazy too between the three of us. But I'm not doing it mostly. I think it's Noah. And um, so you've pressed your phone fourteen thousand <laughs> no, times, and Andrew, too. it's you. I'm okay, it's it's really a lot as Andrew okay. does a lot. And of I work take on it all as they're following it. me. I take all the wins. Yeah, well, you should. You wrote the jokes, and so uh, <laughs> so last night, <laughs> Noah. It was so fu- so last night. I just want to say that we uh, we did an Instagram live. I didn't know that Andrew had gone live on Nikki Glazer Pod. Uh-huh. I thought he went live on his. Got so it. I'm on my computer, just like in the background, kind of being a bitch, like not a bitch, but like grumpy. You know, like, our normal self like not on you know like but and then i realized how important the besties are to me because as soon as i saw that it was nikki glazer pod i did a double take and i go is that nikki glazer pod i go andrew why didn't you tell me i would have been so much nicer like i love our fans so much i would have, never I would have been, been fake i was i i wouldn't have been fake i was just like I, it, it's not my when andrew goes live on his it's not my i am a a bowl in the background i'm a part of the set i am yes, not yes. like a, a focal point that's all, my name's on that and i want to and I, and if they're watching i never want to make a bestie feel like they're not seen because i appreciate you guys listening so much and you know as someone with low self-esteem some days i'm like why are they listening i gotta be honest like there's some 
some days that I just go like, they like me. They really like me. Like Sally Field accepting an Oscar. So I appreciate you. Um, but we went crazy last night. It was so fun. I I really, Andrew, I just want to thank you so much for um, uh, being down to, to, to go. First of all, I never am someone who's like, let's go live. Andrew does it. And I'm always like... I guess I'll go, but I'm dying to go live. All the, like I will go live anytime, even if it's on his account. I love being in the background. I always never want to start it because I feel like it's so like, look at me, you know. But I'll let Andrew do that because he's not. He, he's a man. He doesn't have a problem with like asking for attention. I'm like it, I have it in like inside my bones that I don't deserve it, even though I demand you guys listen to me an hour and a half every day. Um, so none of this is really checking out, Nikki. Uh, but anyway, Andrew, I just want to thank you for. Uh, like that was so fun last night and um one of the besties requested the guitar and i was sitting there quietly like dying for someone to request that i play guitar because i like need to perform but i don't want to make anyone watch me i want someone to ask to watch me because i'm never going to ask someone to watch me it's too embarrassing and you were talking about it uh probably five or six times where you're like i want to do a concert on zoom for like five or six people or anyone that's like into taylor swift and Maybe we want to see it. Yeah, like 20, 30 people, whatever. And so I kind of was thinking about that in a Thank way you. where I was like, this could be, this is a fun moment where she can show her talents where it's, where the stakes are lower and I'm right by you. I'm having fun. We had these microphones that are like oh, yeah. amplified that are unbelievable. I don't yeah, know who makes them. We got them. these karaoke mics that got sent to me by Cosmo Magazine. I did this video for them that's going to come up pretty soon where they sent me a bunch of stuff that's one is an inexpensive version and one's the expensive version. And I was supposed to do a blind like uh, appraisal of each of these like where I didn't know which was which. But I forgot to give you the box to organize for me. So to make it blind, they were like, is someone there so they can take all the things out of the box so you don't know which is which. So I went through the box. I already knew kind of some of the stuff. <laughs> but one was these karaoke mics. And they're so cool. You guys got to get one. Um. They're called like Bonnaroo or Bonham mic or something, but um, they're amazing. And the amplification of them, it's like, they're such a fun device. We'll, you'll see them a lot on our Instagram live because we'll be using it again. But it, it, we, were, we were singing on them and then Andrew went live and he started rapping about eggplants, whether it's an egg or a plant. Great question. And then I guess <laughs> no baby eggplants look like eggs. That's why they got their name that way. That's what someone said in our comments. And then someone asked to play guitar. I instantly picked up the guitar. You you know I got a, like an amp in the fucking room. <laughs> I picked up, I had my own mic. He had his little karaoke mic. And we, I got to sing all these Taylor Swift songs. I pulled up the lyrics so he could sing with me. Uh, some of them were terrible. Some of them were better than others. I didn't read any comments because I was so scared someone was going to be like, what all am I watching? All the comments were positive. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Um, about me. It was so freaking fun, and that's why I'm uh, a pony today. A pony? Yeah, a little horse. Oh, oh, oh. I, I call it a pony. Oh, I thought a pony, like you're saying. I like, was just bringing you in on a joke I already made, an uh, inside joke that I had with the, with the fans that you weren't in yet. I like a I like. I thought like you're a pony because you're like happy. Like a pony. I see a pony like prancing like, hey, oh, I'm, I'm a pony in that way, and I'm also a little horse because I was screaming, I'm off the deep end. I mean, you sounded great. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Um, Let's get to the news. The news, apparently. Here we come. Oh, man. It's Thursday, but you know what that means. You're probably listening on Friday morning. However, uh, I'm hoping you have all the swells. You have a great weekend out there. Be safe. Mask up. No condom. Okay, let's have fun. <laughs> all right. 
First story, it's a big news story. It's a doozy. This one is actually a doozy. Um, <clears throat> Andrew Como doesn't think he crossed the line as he resigns. He says he's Italian. Right. <laughs> I heard this. I mean, I mean, it is wild. The Italian it's so defense. Funny. It's- I saw a um, license plate frame the other day <laughs> on my run, and it said "I'm Italian" on it. It's just, and I go, we know. It was a Vespa. It, you know, some people just lean into being Italian oh. so well, much where so, they're like, I you, love family and food. I'm Italian. It's uh, like, oh, yeah, you're real original. Have you been to Italy? And no. I'm not trying to no. brag. But if you go to Italy, they're all like metrosexual men who wear like tight. Like the idea of like, you Italian man. I'm an Italian. I'm fucking, I'm a man. Yeah, Sopranos. there's like Jersey Italian <laughs> and then there's like Italy Italian. Yeah, yeah. Italy, they would hate. Italy Italians, even though they wear jewelry and slick back their hair and they're metrosexual in their own way. Yes. But while being manly. Yes. But it's just so funny. No, it's, to me. and they like kiss and they hold hands down the street and stuff. And like, did you see those two Olympians that like were nearly making out because they were on the same team, track and field team? And they oh. were all like, it's, they start kissing each other and like hugging each other. They're two really hot guys that are just so excited they won gold and one's being interviewed and the other comes up and it's just like jumping on. I don't know if they're Italian, but they were some kind of European where like it's okay for men to show affection and kiss each other. It was so hot. It's on a subreddit called Suddenly Gay that I follow <laughs> where like things start out like not gay and yeah. then suddenly it gets really gay. <laughs> and it's really, it's a great subreddit. Oh, I thought it meant like you suddenly become gay from what you're watching. Oh, that could be too, but no, it's usually like what's happening becomes kind of gay. I mean, this idea that, you know, whatever, you know, times have changed. Back in my day, I could, you know, finger a girl's asshole, and that's just being Italian and 60, you know? Yeah, I know. I I use that argument, though, with some stuff of like, oh, I used to say that word. Yeah, that's true. Because back then that word wasn't taboo and and i didn't know it was wrong you know the n-word just became bad to say i'm but just he kidding kept, but yeah but he kept groping them today so you can't you you need to change with it yes he it, could say back in 1970 i might have he's kissed like, a it's girl's in my neck. blood it's in my it's check my 23 and me <laughs> it's i just come from a grabbing a girl's tits yeah 20, i'm up 85 percent grabbing tits over here 23 and me is the name of the lawsuit filed by the 23 <laughs> 24 women <laughs> who, who have uh, you know had to deal with greeting um, him in a private hallway? Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm sure that uh, Italian Americans are rolling their eyes at this and their uh, you know cannolis. Do you roll a cannoli? <laughs> a cannoli? Um, I I I, I, I gnocchi. Was, but there was a time during COVID. Do you remember for like two months where he was God? You oh, know, it's yeah. just so funny when these politicians like these girls, plenty Chelsea of women Handler. that I knew were like, I want to fuck Andrew Cuomo. Oh, like, yeah. There was a saying. I forget what it was. There was something about like a homosexual. Yeah, I'm Cuomo-sexual. a homosexual. Oh, yeah. See, that's a thing we used to be able to say. And now we can't anymore. <laughs> um, no, that is, that is really interesting. He was like the you know, he was heralded as this hero and he was going he got an emmy he got an emmy performance what did he and get he, an didn't emmy he put for? out a book before he put out a he cured he covid put out a book yeah during covid <laughs> saying how wonderfully he handled it which he didn't i'm sorry this is a narcissist we, we, these are all the signs of a narcissist who when these people come out and get me too'd i mean literally every single man who has been me too'd um has I would say maybe not Matt Lauer. That was one that I really was shocked by because he just he never 
like came off to me like a uh, like an asshole. Yeah. Uh, before that, like you I'm sure people that if I knew anyone who worked with him, they would have been like, "Oh, he's an asshole," and then and they wouldn't have even shared a, a, a me too story. Just like he's not fun to work with. I, it, share me one example of someone who is disgusting with women and feels entitled to women who work beneath him or are on the same level a lot of times or uh, above him. Just feels entitled to women and show me that man who is also nice to men. I, I think that. There's one case in particular that I remember this all opened wide for me was a, a personal friend of mine who worked on a show with one of these dudes that have been me too'd said that um, he was triggered by all the stories coming out about this man doing gross things to women because he was a man who worked for this guy on a show and, and the stories that of this man making women uncomfortable and degrading them. And he said, were so similar in nature to how he felt, just um, not sexually being uh, obviously preyed upon, but just humiliated in the office, bullied, um, powerless. All of those feelings, men that generally do the gross things to women are doing gross things to everyone. And if you want to know who's doing gross things to men or to women, women look, who's look, who, look who's just being an asshole. Look who, who look who you work with who is just a despicable asshole who thinks he's above everyone else. And that's someone who probably does disgusting things to men or women based on their sexual preference. Yeah. I mean, I there was I, I forget who wrote the tweet, but do you think that an adult an adult can be groomed? Right. There's no age on. On like, yeah, we can it's all, all be power yeah. driven. But at what point do you think an adult has agency over their own like decisions where it's like, well, you could have made it other. You could have got it. You could have not done that. You know what I mean? When like, you don't work for them, uh, your your money, your financial yeah. stability and your job doesn't depend on them. They're not in a position of power over you dictated by how much they make or the corporate ladder. And... I mean, yeah, you got to have some kind of. That's why I like got mad at Joseph Gordon-Levitt for his character seemed to be the victim of this woman's aggression. When it's really like, well, why'd you go home with this girl who was nothing but mean to you before that? And I'm not saying he deserved that because he like asked for it, but yeah, I mean, when I've been doing press about F boy and everyone's like, how do you know the difference between F boy and I'm like, I if I'm attracted to them, they're probably an F boy. And that's because I need to work on myself to be attracted to something that's not like I have some agency in the fact that I've been manipulated and heartbroken by men. So both could be true, I guess. I guess you could say I do. I should have had a little bit more agency. Also, they had power over me, so I couldn't do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and these women shouldn't have been wearing uh, the highest Italian fashions. I mean, that- if you're going to wear a Valentino. <laughs> You're going to get your boob I was really grasping for that. But no, I, I mean, I never, uh, like, in a position of power with someone like Cuomo who just, like, thinks he's above everything. Oh, he's got to be so annoying. Just look for the annoying. people who think they're better than everyone. Doesn't he always look sweaty? Like, yes. he just looks like he's always sweaty. And he probably has a wife beater on underneath. And if that man which is tried to, him. like, hug me or molest me... I would be frozen in fear and allow it because he he has this like intimidating yes. like give him what he wants vibe and that and honestly he looks sweaty and deranged like he could hurt you that's the thing people always go why didn't the, like with the Louis thing of did he block the door he was masturbating in the uh, in front of the women he didn't block the door when a guy is jerking off in front of you out of nowhere 
even if it's not out of nowhere, even when he goes, I'm about to take out my dick, is that cool? And you, it's just, even that statement is out of nowhere. As a woman, you just don't know what, what else makes they're it capable a joke. of. <laughs> I know, isn't that so funny? And then you show your and teeth. And then you show your teeth, and then he goes, never mind, I'm putting my dick away. <laughs> Let's get to the next story. Too much teeth. Uh, <laughs> okay, this one, I don't know if it's a doozy. Uh <laughs> It's, I think the story, second story always has to be a doozy no matter what. <laughs> okay, many parents are saying no to sleepovers because of anxieties like sexual abuse, but chil- child development experts say sleepovers can be an important developmental step for children, helping them navigate independence, practice and flex- how, flexibility, and gain exposure yeah, to different I mean, family cultures, like Italians. I would be reluctant to allow um, my daughter or son who was of an age... But like, you remember sleepover. I mean, sleepover. When I was a kid, it was so cool to sleep. Like, at oh what my- age did you guys start sleepovers? Mm. Well, my parents literally sent us to sleepover camp for two months. They sent my little brother to sleepaway camp when he was six. I mean, for two months, six years old. That, is that the most wild thing you've ever is, heard? That is. And it, it wasn't even our camp that we were at. It was a camp like a couple miles down the road. But he was six. I mean, for two months. It is. It's, <laughs> it that makes that breaks my heart for your. I mean, I was brother. like, I think I was eight or nine when I got sent to yeah, sleep away. Too, but anyway, sleepover. If you is wanted when to go, that's different. I would just be worried about any men that live at the house, any fathers, brothers. If I had a daughter or a son, um, and if I think at about the age of like. 13 I would be like we and I'm not a parent and I have no idea what I would actually do so just please listen to this with a grain of salt as someone who's not a parent and so I don't understand what it's actually like but I would think that I would be a little bit cautious under the age of 13 if I had a child that was I would I would need to prepare them that if anything ever happened I would probably give the same dog my mom gave which is never be alone with a man in a room if 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 he looks like someone that could hold you down and like you couldn't get away don't be alone because and if and if you are like i don't know hold your phone so it does that emergency thing i don't i i, I would yeah. be just like cautious of the adult men at a sleepover it, as the, more so than the bullying that might happen from the children but don't you like i remember sleepovers i i don't I mean, I know obviously this happens, but I just don't remember the parents ever really being. It would be like me and Jeff are going to go play Sega for six hours and then sleep in, you know. Yeah. I, I just don't remember hanging out with the parents that much at all. And I'm not saying that that I, I, I just wonder, like, how close do you have to be with the other parents to feel comfortable sending your kid that like, could it just be another kid on the team and you don't really even ever met the father or like how how well should the parents I would know? know. I would want to just like know what kind of house they're going to. I would want to I would just want to meet the parents because I feel like I could not that you can always get a vibe of who's going to molest your child or not. Certainly that's not the case. These people are great at grooming and convincing everyone in a child's life that they're in good hands. Um, but no, I would I would be uh, I would just make sure my child knows that uh, they, or I would do my best because you can never know for sure to make sure that my child is comfortable telling me anything weird that happens and it's okay to make a huge scene if you feel uncomfortable at all and that you will never be, I will never be mad at you for um, like being scared of something that isn't actually there or something. You know what I mean? And yeah, and I also think though like there is, in the article it talks about how like you should give your kid the ability to have freedom to then make choices mm-hmm. even if they are uncomfortable 
not like molestation, but like something, you know, just going somewhere else. If you shelter them too much, essentially, you're, it, they're not going to become good adults. Yeah. So there is a line there. Do you remember any like sleepovers for yourself like that were weird or, or not weird, like sexually weird, but like Mm-mm. that were funny or anything? Mm-mm. Would you have a lot of sleepovers? You know, yeah. I mean, that's all my friends and I did yeah. was sleep over at each other's houses. And it was like the most fun thing. I would never deny my children that experience because it was just it it created such one of my first ever sleepovers i call i had to leave because i was crying in the middle of night because uh because i i I was thinking of freddy (laughs) krueger they sent me to uh, a boot camp and oh you were crying about freddy krueger yeah i was like i was like eight or something i was like crying and and my mom had to come get me at like two in the morning. Oh. I couldn't sleep through the night. <laughs> she had a drunk drive over there. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she, uh, she, I picked me up on her bike, uh, a bicycle <laughs> and, uh, dragged me home That's on so, pegs. Oh. But yeah, I, yeah, one time I got, I was at a sleepover. I, did you face consequences for that at school? Did people make fun of you? Do you remember anyone making fun of you for that? I don't think the kid went to my school. I think he was on my like team. And no, I never faced consequences. Not that I know of. I'm sure they probably talked. Your parents probably friend. changed schools for you. They were like, we don't want you to have to deal with uh, the fallout from this. <laughs> we're going to switch schools, send you away to a different- I remember one time we were pillow fighting, me and my friends, and I fell back. I hit my head on the corner of the fire, uh, like a fire pit or mm-hmm. like whatever, fi- what is it called? A uh, fireplace. Fireplace. And I cracked my head open. I'm gushing blood and I'm just running around with blood going down going, you did it now. You did it now. Oh, you did That's it now. That's a hilarious now. thing to be saying. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. It sounds like something your mom would say. It sounds like something you got from a, a mom. Yeah, you oh, did well, it. Oh, well, you did it now. <laughs> Like, you know how, like, kids kind of pick up things that their parents say? Like, there's that one little girl that goes, well, if the monster shows up, I'm going to... I'm going to be like, what are you doing here, asshole? Like, there's a little girl that's like, get out of my room, you asshole. And it's like, oh, you know that girl hears her dad talk like that. Um, no, I, I wet the bed. Uh, oh. Uh, and the, I just pretended, like, I blacked it out because it was so traumatic. I wet the bed and um, I was a bed wetter until fourth grade. But uh, third grade, I wet the bed at Molly Collier's and house. what happened? And Ellie Vuga and Molly were there. And um, Monday morning uh, at school, there was show and tell and Molly didn't have anything to show. So she raised her hand and told the Hulk, I'm not joking you, raised oh her my hand. God. And this was at a point in my life where I would go to the nurse every day because I was just so scared of, I was like a dork and no one liked me. And so I'd go to the nurse every day and just be sick so I could go home. And I thought about running away from school multiple times. Like I just like hated be I hate I, I was just like had no friends and like was such a dork and like yeah I just hated it and Molly was like my first friend and then Ellie became her friend and Ellie was like a supreme bully and uh and I wet the bed and either Molly or Ellie shared with the class that Nikki Glazer Nikki wet the bed at uh yeah I think it was Ellie she was like Nikki wet the bed at Molly's house on when on Friday night and I'm not joking. You we had, we had a substitute teacher that day. I went over to his desk and said, "I have to go." I was like, "I after show and tell." I think he she got yelled at for sharing it. Everyone like I think I blacked out because I don't remember the oh response because it must have been terrible. And I walked over to the desk and I remember saying, "Um, you know, I waited long enough that it didn't seem connected, but I was like, I 
I don't feel good. Can I go to the nurse? And I remember the substitute teacher was like a, a bo- like a boy. He was probably in his 20s. And he just goes, he, I remember him n- knowing that he knew I was lying, but that he was like, yeah, get out of here, kid. And like was just like, I, I, I know what you're running from right now. And I remember being so embarrassed that he knew and like almost literally had almost written it already for me and was like, I was just waiting for you to come up here and get out of here. <laughs> and I and I went to the nurse and just like, you know, cried. And, and then my mom got a call from the counselor in fourth grade. Um, I had suffered with like the embarrassment of that all through third grade into fourth grade. Oh, At Molly and Ellie, God. I had no friends. I'm also going to cry because it was like the worst time of my, I, that's when I met Kirsten was fourth grade, thank God, because I had no friends. But I remember Mrs. Pohl was our uh, counselor at our school, she would always come in with like a puppet dragon to talk about about the dangers of smoking or whatever. I don't know, like that's probably too young for that. You probably grow a puppet on your hand. <laughs> what? I, I just feel like that might be a thing from. <laughs> what? Keep going. This is. I mean, I don't even know what. I just wonder what you were doing just then. Who wrote this that for you? <laughs> so. <laughs> so then. Divish. So, she walked in. I don't even know what you said division. I'm not getting your train of thought at all. So she walked in. I remember my fourth grade class. This is months and months. I mean, it's a whole school year after that incident. She walks into my class and I, all I want is to be invisible. I don't ever want anyone to single me out. I, you know, being in trouble or being singled out is like the worst um, thing I could imagine or being on the show singled out. And so um, she walked in my class like disrupted Mrs. Hetherington's lesson you know she popped in and you know when the door opens everyone in the class turns is like someone's at the door <gasps> and Miss Hetherington's like yes Mrs. Bull and she was like hey can I see Nikki Glazer and I remember just being like what the fuck could this be I've never been like singled out she was like can I see Nikki Glazer only Miss Bull only grabbed kids that were like come from divorced families and those kids got to like come and go to this like special class she called, called me to her office and she was like is anything going on in your life that you want to talk about? And I was just like, no. And she was like, are you sure? I was just like, no. And I was just freaked out. I felt like I wasn't, I don't know what I did. And she was like, maybe something that happened at Molly's house. And I was just like, what? A like, year before a, that? This was a year later, like the next school year. And I was just like, no. And she was like, did maybe you wet the bed? And I was just like, how does this woman know? This woman... I, I mean, at the time, I think she was cold. I thought she was cold calling parents trying to drudge up business, being like, does your kid have any developmental issues that they that I could maybe talk to them about? Okay. But what I now think is that I was just so fucked up and I was obviously something was happening with me that Mrs. Hetherington had told Mrs. Pohl, like, like, call Nikki's mom and figure out what's going on. And my mom ratted me out and said, Nikki wet the bed at Molly Collier's and <laughs> is being bullied for it. And so my mom, I remember never trusting my mom again because she had told Mrs. Polt my secret that she wouldn't have known and it, it was humiliating oh and became God. this whole issue. It was just awful. So so Ugh. every day like when Why you'd have to go into class though, like you were you would think of you would think about what they're oh, it was, say, I remember, what they're thinking about you. All I that. remember wedding I was I it was the first time I thought I have to kill my I don't want to cry. It was like the like to be in fourth grade and think you want to kill yourself. Um, yeah. I did not expect to cry just now because I just realized like that was like that's so sad for like so an eight sad. year old to like think that they're gonna have like I just remember being like I'm gonna have to kill myself one day because 
if if anyone ever like if anyone else if this keeps following me or like I just actually I just knew that I would have to like that that it was I'm so glad more people didn't find out because I would have like I was that you probably like, would have wet the casket too <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember st- for some reason I remember the moment I realized I was gonna have to kill myself when I was in fourth grade oh, it was like man. I was staring at a blinking VCR for some reason I was probably like despondently oh, staring God. at a blinking I just remember a blinking 12 o'clock you know when it's like reset <laughs> yeah it was like yeah, late at yeah, night at my yeah. cousin's house and I was like I can't believe I have to kill myself like I don't I want to like keep living but i can't if this and it was like um i think i was like scared it was gonna get out a little bit more or something like there was something that was happening like on monday i'm gonna find out if everyone knows or no one knows and it was like and and then it 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 just became so beautifully ironic that like now i make my living off of saying like the most embarrassing things Mm -hmm. like i remember thinking like if anyone finds out i'll i'll die i will uh, i didn't really know how i was gonna do it but i just remember being like i don't want to die but i like have to and that just like made me cry because I just realized how fucking sad. Like if I, if I ever had an eight year old who wanted to kill themselves, like how awful. Like I, for a child to feel that way. Like I I don't think until this moment I realized that that thought had crossed my mind at such a young age, and it just makes me very sad uh, for like my young self. So I'm sorry, I'm crying. No, I, let's um, get to why do I care. <laughs> Oh, we're taking. Oh, we're gonna go to break. We're taking a pee break, real quick. (laughs) I'm just gonna do it in the chair. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time. Self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Here's Andrew's weekly sports moment. <laughs> All right, pee pee pants, you ready? Yeah, it's uh, pee pee bed. <laughs> I didn't have pants on. What? At a sleepover with, I probably with had her like, Italian dad there? I probably had a little, like, uh, you know, nighty nightgown. Oh, yeah. nighty sounds okay, sexual. Don't turn okay, we have, me on. Okay, we, we have to go. <laughs> Come on, let's get through. Okay, Becky Hammond, who will be entering the A season as an assistant coach in the NBA, is considered to be one of the top coaching candidates. And she doesn't want an NBA team to check a box and hiring her as a head coach. So she might be up, or she is up for a head coaching role, first woman head coach ever in the NBA. Yeah. And she just made a big statement about like, I don't want to be do fucking because hired because I'm a woman. I want and I don't want it to be that be the headline for the rest of my life. I just want to be a person that gets a job because I'm qualified for it. Which is so annoying that she even has to m- make a statement like that. But I mean, I think it's important to make a statement like that. But I, uh, I, uh, I really care about this because I, I relate to this as like someone who constantly gets the question of being a female in comedy, being in a male-dominated profession. What's it like to be a woman? There's a, uh, your next comedian's a lady, you know? Yes. I don't get any more because I'm fam- famous enough that I have a name for myself, but so often you your whole identity is being a woman in stand-up, and um, I just never thought of myself as a woman. And I, I just didn't think I was different than the guys. I compared myself to men. Um, so I, I kind of get that of being like, wait, why do I... So I'm I'm like held to a less a, a small uh, like the bar isn't as high for me and like if I'm even as good as men people are like whoa she's yes. really oh. good like I want to be as good as Chappelle not like whatever but the thing is there's not really like any women Chappelles yeah it's all the best uh all the one all the men who are the kings of stand up and the ones that we go are like the legends. Uh, Joan Rivers is the only st- female stand-up that like even gets close to that. I mean, you could say Ellen, but she's more of a talk show host now, and and no one's really like they don't put her up there with Carlin, Pryor, Chappelle, Rock, Seinfeld. I mean, it the list goes on and on for male stand-ups. There's not 
we will give credit to female stand-ups for sure and there's some that are you know have big names but not like that yeah i mean i think like she is in a sport too i think there's certain sports like if a head coach was a in the nfl was a woman it would be uh even more surprising because most women you know don't actually play football women play basketball women understand basketball could the man men man game the men game be a little different because you know they dunk more and shit like that but she has a great understanding of it and there's plenty of male coaches in the nba that never played in the nba that probably let, didn't about, even play as much as her okay let me just I'm not, end, this I'm, is the yeah. end of discussion it's, it's just reiterating your point i used to watch female gymnastics yeah. in 1996 and i used to think bella caroli what the fuck is this old <laughs> fat russian man screaming at this little girl about how she didn't land it right you couldn't walk a straight line if yeah. your life depended on it you old booze bag you how dare you tell a woman how to flip and 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 admonish her for not he couldn't he did he ever flip though that's my only no, question no as a kid like he wasn't a gymnast I, the, I, that I, would be my argument is that at one point he was a gym. My point is, is like at one point she, you know, these people never even played football. But I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Did this woman play basketball? Um, yes. Yes. Okay. I don't know her like history, but I'm almost a thousand percent yeah. sure she Women, played a shit ton of basketball. Coaching does not require you to be a man. But for some reason, we, we think it does. Yeah. Yeah. When you think coach, I mean, unless it's of a female uh, league, you, you you would never hear coach and think. Well, and how are these big men listening to a little girl? Like that's like God. I would never be able to listen to her. I mean, it just would, misogyny and runs so fucking deep. And I know it's not most men. Um, and I don't like I and they can't help it. They can't fucking help it. It's just the way. Well, I hope it she is. gets the job and Me shows too. that even a woman can be lasting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that let's be so get, funny? She ends up becoming coach. Let's get to fran Fanthrax. Fanthrax. Mega death. All right, Fanthrax. Let's do it. This is uh, the listener mail messages, voice mail from uh, from our besties. Uh, what? Wh wh who are we starting with, Noah? Let's go with Emily. All right, Emily. Voice memo. Hi, No Jerky. I'm Emily from Sacramento. I'm a longtime listener and fan of you guys. Um, so I just finished listening to the podcast called A Kangaroo Stampede of Emotions. <laughs> I've been traveling for the last couple of weeks, so I wasn't able to listen to the podcast very much. And I'm so glad I tuned back in for this one. I laughed a lot and then I <laughs> cried and it was really beautiful. Like you, Nikki, I struggle with perfection and feeling like I'm not good enough. So I just appreciate you and the message you shared on the pod. I can't wait to see you guys in San Francisco in December. I promise you could never disappoint me. Also, quick story I wanted to share. My boyfriend was picking something on his back yesterday and asked me to take a look at it. It was a wart. And the first thing I said when I saw it was, you know who would love to pick at that? <laughs> Nikki Glazer. All right, all oh the swells, God. guys. Love you guys so much. Bye. <laughs> Love you so much. Thank you. What so a nice, concise, beautiful message. You know, man. you oh. can tell she wrote out the first part and was like reading it. I appreciate the effort that goes into like being like, I don't want to just like, 
I don't want to ramble. I might. You Her know. perfection. She, yeah. yeah what she just talked about it's it. It's so sweet. Yeah. That little cutie. I wonder what she wrote it on like her notes and her phone <laughs> or like if she wrote it by hand. That is so nice. Um, thank you for uh, thank you for relating to that perfectionism and um, that episode in which I had a lot of emotions and um, and 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 today you heard them too. They're they're coming out in little uh, like fits. I like I I told you yesterday. I feel like a, a clenched fist. Like I feel so much anxiety recently. Not anxiety, but just like I just am so pent up, and I think it's just getting. Sometimes it just uh, sneaks out, and I can't help it. It's like a like pee when well when you're sleeping in third grade or Molly's when you're like house, a yeah. yeah when you're like an you know an older woman and you like laugh and you pee and you have to start wearing like diapers i think uh, maybe it's a, uh, not a woman thing but i just know that most of the people i talk to are women that like start leaking pee <laughs> when they laugh i don't know that's how i feel about crying now it's just like god why do, it's like a, a, out of nowhere like it's the sun is shining and like you're like is it raining and yeah. then it's bird shit <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so thank you. That was a that was a lovely note, and it really made me feel great when you said there's no way you could be disappointed in me. That like oh. really puts the pressure off. Thank you, Jack. Hey besties, Jack from Kansas City here. Hey Jack. I just listened to the episode that came out today. It's like the fourth of August or something, uh, where we got into the little spiraling Reddit post yeah. situation, um, and just felt compelled to leave this voice memo just wanted to say that i feel like for every person that has like those thoughts or makes those posts there's even more people who just find it relatable myself included sometimes i find myself questioning myself that didn't sound right why i relate to this podcast so much being a 23 year old white straight mm -hmm. man i don't really know why all of that makes a difference mm -hmm. but either way i find it very relatable and enjoyable um and i loved what you said a couple I don't know if it was weeks or episodes ago about how this is what you want to do forever. So buckle up for the long haul. Just love that. Mm -hmm. Excited for that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then I also figured while I'm here, I would give you probably my worst mispronunciation of all time. Oh, yes. uh, in college, I got invited to a scholarship banquet and I was reading out the agenda to a group of friends. And the first thing on the agenda was at whatever time um, I said that they were starting with whores divorce yes. um, which was which was just hors d'oeuvres why is it spelled like that whores do divorce <laughs> you know because yeah. they're just whores and they can't stop fucking Ugh, and they can't keep a relationship um that is white horse trash, divorce every is so funny every time i think of hors d'oeuvres i just think of uh those uh eggs with the man deviled eggs yeah no, those aren't white trash. I feel like they could be a white trash hors d'oeuvre, but they're also in uh, like at like really nice functions. Yeah, that is true. Or maybe I'm white trash, and I think that makes <laughs> a function classy. Is there's a devil back? You know when it's classy, they put a little of that red pepper on oh, there. And yeah, you're like, the oh, cayenne. I think that, or paprika. That might be paprika. I love how you describe things, and you get you. You're like, oh yes, this like no, I, but I, like, that's funnier to say it's like red. <laughs> red colored <laughs> dust or whatever you said um thank you so much yeah, thanks, jack. jack that is uh, th uh first of all 
You should have written it down first before. Yeah, you, yeah that's like, what I was uh, thinking too. I mean, I a little, little rambling. I'm just kidding. No, I I loved it. I I don't require rambling any. Rambling Jack. Please do not think that you have to. I I like uh, I like both versions. Whatever works for you, Jack. Um, thank you so much for relating to the show and for also saying that. Um, yeah, I I know I. I guess I don't know, you know, like you read one bad comment and you forget all the good things. And, um, and yeah, and I assume that people, I like when my, uh, the people that I enjoy watching are show me their flaws and show me their, the worst sides of their character. Because I think that so much of me growing up and looking at people like that, I would idolize Jennifer Aniston's and, Jennifer Love Hewitt's and like you know just all like anyone yeah. all the Jennifers Jennifer Coolidge Jennifer um, Gray um, everyone you know celebrities didn't have flaws until the past couple of years like it just became kind of in to show your flaws and like that's a like a, a really ad- admirable thing when I grew up like n- they all seemed perfect there was never anything wrong with any of these people and so I just I'm just doing i'm showing those sides of myself because i it makes me feel free and it also i know that um someone out there that might like put me on a pedestal it's nice to knock me off it so you just know that like the stars are just like you yeah just like us. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah i uh that's why tabloids were so big back in the day it's like jennifer aniston eats a donut you know, oh, right. it's like that's why that shit was so big back then. The worst beach bodies. I fucking loved looking at people's cellu- like celebrity cellulite. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would buy a a, a magazine called Celebrity Cellulite back in the, like I would have bought that like just to see their flaws. I was so hungry for these people to show me that they were like me or that I could be them or you know. It's just so nice when you hear people have flaws. Well, a lot of actors, <laughs> they, like so they say, oh, we don't show our flaws or our personal life because you can't then separate that from the uh, when you're watching a show or whatever. It's right. like, I can know Jennifer Aniston uh, has cellulite and still think she's great in the morning show. like, Or I can know that she, you know, fucking takes shits on Wednesdays on top of, you know, a uh, dresser. Whatever it is. Something yeah, weird. it's interesting that... I wouldn't, like, I couldn't not actors, separate it. we want them to be perfect even though they're playing roles. Like, we know they're being fake. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're doing... They're not themselves in the role they're playing so why do we need to think that they're it's yeah it it is interesting but there are some times though that you see a celebrity that you have put on a pedestal and they are they do have like a, a, a human moment like when taylor swift does something that like quote unquote disappoints me where i'm like oh i wish she was cooler about that it like i get mad because it like I want her to be perfect. I want more. I expect more perfectionism from her than I would expect from myself. And it's just, yeah. even though I love her because she writes songs about not being perfect and having complex feelings. So I get caught in both sides of it still to this day. Uh, do we have any, do we have one more to take us into our final thought? This one's from Nicole. Yeah. Good name. Hey, Nikki, Andrew and Noah. I know that you. Oh asked my for god! More. Can we just hey, pause Dave, it for no. one second? This is the hottest voice I think we ever got. It's not hot. It's like it's it's oh. ASMR, dude. It's soothing as shit. Wait, let's start it again. Everyone, just like get cozy with in. a cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. sit by a dog. Put by a, a fire. sleep mask on. <laughs> Don't hit your head on the back of the fireplace and scream. Oh, what you it, did it now? You did it now. 
Um, but yeah, just get cozy next to a fireplace and let's take in Nicole's uh, soothing, soft-spoken voice. Hey, Nikki, Andrew, and Noah. Oh I know that you asked for more hey babe moments, so here is mine. Um, a couple of years ago when I was at the hairdresser one time, I had to answer a phone call for some reason. And after I hung up, my hairdresser goes, you know, you would have a great phone sex voice. And I never went to him again. <laughs> Thank Oh, my God. Well, she's done listening to this podcast. I, I mean, I am so sorry, Nicole. I am. So, we did not know. We had no idea. We didn't know, Nicole. And and by the way, I want to I want to say if you replay the tape, I did not say sexy. I said that to I me, there was nothing that. sexy I about ASMR voice. Yeah, it's a good it, ASMR. Yeah, voice. you could make so much money if you did um, phone sex. No, a- ASMR. <laughs> you you really could. I mean, girl, uh, look into it. I would. What I about would, ASMR porn? I mean, they do it. Yeah, oh, it's, it, it, it definitely has been done. And and some people think ASMR is sexual, and it's not. Uh, I guess for some people it is. But yeah, no, that's a really inappropriate comment for, um, you know, your favorite podcast co-host <laughs> or a hairdresser to make about your voice when you're just trying to answer your phone or be a good fan and leave a voice memo, you <laughs> that know? That was unbelievable. That was so funny. Nicole, oh, I hope you laughed at that. Uh, I, and I love that there's only two people in the world listening to this, Noah and Nicole, who knew how I how ironic it was that we <laughs> said that about her voice. But Nicole, I mean, that voice uh, is so good. It's so good. How do you walk around with a voice like that? I mean, like I would be putting myself to sleep all the time. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. It's. I mean, I really got tingles in the back of my head in a way that. I needed that after I cried before. Like I, that just felt so soothing, like a hug from my mom. Um, that the, not the mom that I have because that feels Any weird. Mom. That would feel Any out of mom. out of yeah. character for her to give me a comforting hug. Uh, not because she doesn't love me, but because it's just not in her nature. But um, that felt really good. <laughs> that felt so. Hey, hey, Nikki, Andrew. Hey, hey, Nikki. Wait, I want to like even try to be. Wait, hey. Hey, new Dricky. Hey, I can't, I can't even do it. It's like it. it I, I don't have the capabilities to be that soothing. Hey. We have to go. I have to go catch a. F- oh wait, let's do it again. Hey, Nikki, Andrew, and Noah. I know that you asked for more that, hey babe hey. moments. So. Oh my God, Nicole. Okay, I am horny now. I, I you know what? You take I, it back. I, I take it. I take it back. I, I actually am on board. I think um, I want to go to your hairstylist because he is. Uh, he's he's or, got a good ear. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nikki, let's end it with ASMR. Ready? Let I'll I'll, okay. I'll go first, and then you end it, okay. and I'll go. You guys, thank you so much for listening this weekend. You have all the swells. Oh. <laughs> Hi guys, thank you for listening. That was me crumpling up a note from one of our besties that I was going to read, but I forgot to. So shout out to Will Jones. Um, he said, give me a shout out on the pod. I read your note and thank you so much for sending it to me and writing it on the back of a random piece of paper. And um, I love you and thank you so much. We'll see you uh, on Monday. Have a great weekend. Don't be care and Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? 
Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is so cool. Don't Tell Comedy is sponsoring this podcast. Don't Tell Comedy are comedy shows that happen in these really intimate, unique spaces like art galleries and backyards and rooftops. I did one of their first shows in 2017. It was in a random clothing store in LA. Now they're in 150 cities worldwide. You got to check them out. They are such a perfect night out. Don't Tell Comedy is the spot to go. Date night, alone night, friend night, whatever you want it to be. It's so fun. Get tickets at DontTellComedy.com. Use the code Nikki for 20% off your first show as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more 